Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Everyone, and welcome back this week. I have another fantastic guest for you. My friend Jess Wilson from Perth, Australia is to guest, and we are talking everything thyroid, hormones, uh, microbiome and gut health. Uh, her health journeys with her children, which are really sort of an eye-opening, very traumatic experiences that have shaped who she is and what she does. And uh, we sort of compare notes on that front and talk about the role of having health practitioners in the mix with your care, not just sort of relying on the traditional system. Um, it's a really interesting conversation that takes a, a few uh, twists and turns, and I'm definitely going to have Jess on again and going to be working with her further. Uh, fantastic episode. Before we head over to the show, just want to fill you in what I've been doing. I've been all over the country speaking a lot. Uh, lots and lots of conferences going on, lots of wellness conferences and well-being, uh, as well as the corporate sort of uh, circuit at the moment. So that's been really, really exciting. And on a business front, we are full in restructure mode. Uh, everything's a little bit chaotic, so bear with us as the uh, podcast may or may not get out every week <laughs> as we're trying to build a team and scale up a little bit and get some better systems and processes. And anybody who knows me knows that systems and processes are not my friend, scheduling's not my friend, my inbox isn't my friend, and it's completely overwhelming at times. So I do appreciate your patience with getting uh, podcast episodes out to you. We do t- try to do our best to keep you informed on the latest and greatest and have fantastic guests doing a lot of uh, one-on-one coaching as well. Uh, there is a bit of a wait list, wait list to get in to see me at the moment, um, but loving working with lots of passionate people, really wanting to optimise their health, people dealing with difficult health journeys and uh, everything like we cover today, like thyroid, like hormones, uh, like gut health, like uh, DNA, gene testing, all of the above. Uh, helping people just give them another lens to look through another way of approaching it, helping them build a team of people around them if they've got some really difficult cases uh, and really loving that challenge. Um, so if you do want help with any anything, uh, bear with me. There's a bit of a wait list to, to get in to see me, um, but you can do that over on lisatarmody.com, hit the shop button and you'll see all my health consulting there, um, DNA testing, epigenetics, all of that sort of good stuff. Um, and we've also been expanding our uh, supplement range greatly, and we're um, getting a new look website shortly, which I'm excited about. A whole lot of companies that I'm now working with on a wholesale basis and providing some really cutting-edge supplements. This is stuff that I want for my family, and this is the stuff that I use, and this is the stuff that I want to bring you. We've also got red light therapy in these uh, red light home devices at the moment that you can check out. Uh, Also in the shop.lisatamity.com, I love red light therapy. It's a huge part of my everyday and excited for all the benefits of red light therapy. On the hyperbaric front, we're opening in a few months' time hyperbaric clinic. Um, I'm teaming up with Dr. Dean Carter, a chiropractor in Auckland, and we're doing a hyperbaric uh, brand and clinics together and very excited for that. So lots of work on my 
load on my <laughs> my table. So bear with me if you're not getting answers to things. We're growing a little bit faster than we can sometimes keep up with, but we're very passionate about our work and looking forward to helping you in some way, shape or form. Right, over to the show now with Jess Wilson and a fantastic interview with such a lovely, wonderful person. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have a fantastic lady to introduce to to you all, uh, Jess Wilson, who is sitting in Perth, and it's 4 a.m. in the morning, and she's just remembered why she doesn't usually do this. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jess. I so appreciate you getting up so early. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here, and you're exactly right. Sometimes we do these things as a powerful reminder. Yeah, this is just really crazy. Now, you were an elite level athlete earlier in your life. Tell us a little bit about that and why you don't get up at 4 a.m. anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, like a lot of people miss that part of their life. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, I can't believe that I'm not dead yet the way that you push our bodies. Um, Look, I think growing up, my mum was a hippie. You know, she baked her own bread and she grew her own veggies and I was always very active as a very healthy child and I was just naturally very very sporty, very academic, and I sort of fell my way into high-level sports along the way. Uh, I was a classic go, 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 high achiever. So yep. anything that I could try my hand at and I was relatively good at, I would just go, you know, like a dog with a bone sort of thing. So I ended up um, representing my country at triathlon and netball uh, at the same time. So yeah. that was fun at times, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, six hours of training a day. We were getting up at 3.30 a.m. every single day. And the interesting thing was, and you'll resonate with this, we were living back then on the low-fat, high-sugar diet. Carb-loading, 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 you know, and just walking around in a complete brain fog all day. Yeah, and wondering what the hell. But because we were young, we got away with a lot of of things. Yeah, Um, but, you know, I haven't done that for many years now. And thank goodness in my 20s, I actually woke up and made a break from yeah. that level of training and it was probably the best thing that I ever did because I don't know if I'd still be here today. <laughs> you might look like an 80-year-old if you hadn't. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> right. Because <laughs> all this sort of stuff this ages us and you and I are both into you know hormones and, and gut health and anti-aging and living our best life and uh, we're both also very, I think, similar in the fact that we're very, very driven uh, take on too much, then you know, then get overwhelmed. Um, I've just had a classic example of doing that this morning. Um, double book myself. So, uh, <laughs> um, and, and this is you know part of our life. Like you, we 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 want to have it all. Basically, we want to be the best we can be, show up, be the best we can, um, achieve many things. What do you see happening in your practice as you work with a lot of ladies in the hormone and the gut health and a lot of people? Um, what are you seeing as, as being one of the problems in our modern-day world with all that sort of yeah, busyness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just did a post on this the other day, the burnout. You know, the, the, the hustle of woman is really driving our femininity into the ground. And when I talk about our femininity, I'm not, you know, I like to be a bit woo-woo sometimes, but I'm not just talking about the spiritual side of it, like the divine feminine. I'm actually talking about it on a hormonal level. The female body is so sensitive to cortisol, to overscheduling, to demands, to pressure because we're wired to reproduce. So our hormones are very, very sensitive to this modern life that we live, right? So 
I am seeing this huge phenomenon of burnout of women coming through, but the difficulty, and it's almost like a double whammy because we're all in it and there doesn't seem to be an obvious escape from it. There's this mental kind of load that comes along with it of women going, I know I'm burnt out. I know I'm overwhelmed, but I don't know what I can do about it yeah. because I can't drop a ball right now. I literally can't. And it's actually quite frustrating for them to go to a health practitioner and be told, oh, well, you have to manage your stress or you yeah. have to do less or you have to rest more because they can't physically see how they can do that. You know, it's an absolute epidemic. And I'd say, you know, for males as well, but particularly for females, it's I'm talking about a health epidemic. Yeah, it is. It is. Epidemic, mental health, a physical health epidemic. Um, And something that I'll share with you just quickly Mm -hmm. and then hand back over to you. I had a client just yesterday where we were talking about this in my practice and very busy, high end corporate job, mum, you know, classic picture mum, your high end corporate job. She's doing everything. She's getting home at six o'clock at night. She's trying to exercise, look after her own body. The way that I describe it to people is when your outputs are that high, right? If you think about all the demands in your daily life, physically on your body and mentally and everyone that you have to show up for, when your outputs are that high, you can look at it as lowering your outputs, which is what most people think managing their stress and their health is, is what I have to do less. And while that's true, in a sense, sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes, right? Yeah. So the way that I explain it to people is that's where you have to raise your inputs. If your output is going to be up here, your input has to match that, your diet, your sleep, your recovery, your rest, your micro moments during the day of little meditation songs in the car on the way to work, whatever it is, you can raise your inputs to get you more balanced. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because, you know, like I'm in the situation too, you know, running two companies. I have a mum who, you know, needs me 24-7 basically, uh, seven days a week and um, trying to do extraordinary things with my businesses and trying to look after 100 clients at a time and just going, why am I not achieving more? You know, like the typical, you know, example of that is, you know, yesterday I was doing some research and, and looking through your website and just going, oh my God, Jess's website is so amazing and she's doing so amazing. And then you automatically that voice that goes in your head, yours is not good enough. You are not good enough, you know, yeah. and that's the truth. Like this is what's going on in our heads. And, yeah. you know, you certainly look at yourself going, come on, with that metacognition going. <laughs> right, it's there. And where yeah. is it coming from? Because it's ingrained in all of that. I used to think that it was an athlete mindset because I grew up as such a high achiever. I feel yeah. like I always have to be pushing for something more. And it's something that I've trained. I'm still training out of myself, yeah. right? But there seems to be, I think it's come from the society's expectations, of what we should achieve in a day. You know, if you think back to the corporate world, and I was in the corporate world many, many years ago, if you left at five o'clock, it was almost a bit taboo. Mm. And that is your finish time. That's when you're supposed to finish work. But it's kind of, there was sort of this expectation that you would always do more or you would be there on a public holiday. Or So I think it, it comes internally and the pressures that we put on ourselves, but it also comes from the society construct of what we've actually expected women to do 
And because we're capable, right, and because we can, because we're strong and we are superwoman, all of these things, we do it every day and we achieve it every day and therefore we think we should be able to do it every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you get the health consequences from it because when you do have an overload of stress and adrenal stress and, like you say, up your inputs, that's definitely the road I go because I can't drop the outputs because of life circumstances. So I make sure that I've got the right nutrition, I've got the right supplementation, I've got those moments throughout the day, I cuddle a cat a lot, you know, (laughs) whatever it is (laughs) to calm my nervous system down. Um, And anything that, you know, anything that comes on the market that's going to drive parasympathetic tone, hey, I'm into it. I'm like researching it because I, I just, that's the way I have to be. And I know from the years of being under that massive load, um, the, the the adrenals, the hormones, and all of that. And as an athlete in my you know past life as well, um, I'm I'm surprised I'm still alive for for, yeah. for real because what you know the stuff that I put my body through. Um, and so we've all done things, and now as we're a little bit older and, and hopefully a little bit wiser and have studied a little bit more, we sort of understand some of the implications of doing like extreme exercise. Absolutely. And I'd love to, if you don't mind, just share a little bit about my story. This is where I'm so passionate about education on the subject because, um, and I want to preface this by saying I talk about the difference between responsibility and blame, okay? So for what I'm about to say, for anybody that triggers, please just bear with me. Um, I don't blame myself for this, but I take full responsibility for it. Now, there's a very big difference, right, in terms of my mindset. But that lifestyle that I lived for so many years and then getting into my 20s and punishing my body, I was still exercising so much and I was doing all the things that we did in our 20s and all of that. And when I was 30 and I came to have children, and you'll understand this with your mum's condition, right? When I was 30 and I came to have children, I wasn't blessed with healthy babies. Mm. I was Mm. blessed with two boys who were very, very sick and I nearly lost them. Over the space of four years, we were in the medical system. It was very frustrating. There were no answers. There was no sleep. Um, You know, they were extremely sick and no one could tell us what was wrong with them. Wow. And looking back now, we're through that journey and, you know, nutrition is a wonderful thing and so is gut health and, you know, they are the great healers. I honestly believe that. Um, You know, my boys had 18 surgeries in two years. Wow. Before the age of two years old. And we were in that medical system and no one's looking at the big picture. No one's. No, then nobody's asking the critical questions and and I'm going, well, this cannot be our destiny. This this is not gonna be our story. When this is not, we're not going down like this, you know? Yeah. Um and my own mental health suffered, my own physical health suffered. I developed an autoimmune disease in the process purely from the stress and lack of sleep, you know, all of those things. Looking back now, and and we are out of it, and the boys are super healthy, they're nine and eleven now. We have a huge story. It's on my website. Mm-hmm. I take a lot of responsibility for the lead up to my pregnancies and people get very upset when I tell them this because they go, oh, Jess, it's not your fault that you had sick children. I go, hang on, hang on. I have to take some generational responsibility for this. I have to look at it and go, as a woman, was I really in a position at that point to carry a baby? 
mm-hmm. because of what I was doing to my body and what I know now. So it actually, for me, it's a form of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Even our journey is like our legacy now. I get to go out there and say to people, for heaven's sake, sleep. <laughs> good food because you're not entitled to a healthy baby you're not entitled to a long life you have to make that happen right yeah yeah and 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 that's just so powerful because yeah when you I mean I I was unable to have children partly because of the life I had led the extreme sports that I had done and other factors as well um and the more I study fertility and, and try to understand it, there, there's so many implications for what we do in the build-up and even intergenerational. Like, again, no blame, but my mum smoked through my pregnancy when I was developing. Um, I was asthmatic. No woman previous uh, generations was asthmatic. Um, was that a cause? Possibly. Um, not to blame her. The doctors told her smoking was healthy and safe. Uh, uh, it yeah, wasn't. The guidelines have got a lot to answer for. Oh, oh. Parents were just doing what they, what you know, what they were told, sort of Absolutely. thing. And, and no blame at all. But the implications now, if I had had children, I would have passed those epigenetic changes on intergenerationally. That's how powerful it is. It's, this is, you know, like not drinking just before pregnancy is not enough. You know, like <laughs> if you drink, like you stop drinking just during pregnancy which is what we say, but actually it's the lead-up time when those changes, those epigenetic changes and those things, and, you know, in, in medications and all these things can have long-term implications that are intergenerational. And we, we're mucking around in a sandpit we really don't understand yet. 100%. And I'm living proof of that. I bled through both of my pregnancies. Wow. I, I miscarried. I lost a twin. One of my boys was a twin, and I lost. I, I am living proof of this story. Yeah. And, and you're so right, Lisa, you know, people have to be gentle with themselves. We have to walk that line of going, hey, my parents didn't know better or I didn't know better or I was doing the best that I could. But forward-thinking mindset, I've got to take responsibility for it moving forward for my yeah. generation, for future generations, or in your case, to empower other generations because we're not superhuman. We do break. Yeah. <laughs> we actually do. And we'd like to think that we don't, but... I can't tell you the level of shock that I had when I had these boys that were not healthy, or my first one in particular. Nobody prepares you for that. And I had to go really deep and really take a good, long, hard look in the mirror because I also thought I was healthy and I was doing all the right things. But exactly what we know now of what we need versus you know, what we can sustain, it's very different. Absolutely it is. And so now you're, you're working in the space and your boys are, thank God, healthy now. Um, but you, you went through this dramatic time and, and the, this developed an autoimmune. Can I ask what autoimmune that you ended up having from, from yeah, this? Hashimoto's, you know, yep. low thyroid, which also, by the way, the way I describe it, your thyroid and adrenals sit on the same stick. They're just yep. at the end. So one doesn't ever go down without the other one having problems. So, you know, so for me, it was a thyroid condition. Um, from a mental health perspective, I went into a very, very, very dark place. Yep. Um, I suffered an actual episode of some sort of crash or burnout that day that I physically couldn't hold myself up anymore. And, um, yeah, you know, and that, that's all gone now. I'm sure that, you wow. know, as the medical system will tell you, once you get that sort of thing, you'll always have it. But Yeah, of course they do. 
I mean, the thyroid is is one of the areas that really pisses me off. You know, like we 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 the doctors, it's an epidemic for starters in our world. There's and when your when your thyroid is slow or you have Hashimoto's. Um, your quality of life is diminished. Every single cell is oh, impacted. I say to people, there's no fatigue like thyroid fatigue, yeah. and it's it, it's really debilitating for people. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, and this is the area that one of the, one of the areas that you're working in, and why I'm so excited to meet you is like you know, thyroid, gut health, hormone health, and all of those things are on the same triangle, <laughs> basically. Yeah, oh, literally, yeah. yeah. And 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 I'm I'm keen to learn from you because you know I'm always hungry for more knowledge in this area, and and it's very very complex the adrenals and how they interact with the thyroid, the gut, the you know things like oral contraceptives that so many women oh, yeah. are on, how it's impacting our thyroid, how it's impacting our gut health. It's not being talked about. So let's dive into the weeds. You know, where do you want to start with all of that story? So really, I think the biggest thing to understand the way that I describe it is your body is a house right? Things like your thyroid and your hormones are the doors and windows of the house. You need a foundation. You need a framework. So everything for me comes back to foundations first and foremost. Your foundation is your gut health. I mean, you know, your diet, your gut health, your blood sugar, right? Your essential fats. Are you getting any fats in your diet? Your hydration, you know? And then so, so all of this kind of forms the foundation and the framework is those basics of water and food and sleep. And, you know, I talk about sunshine and, you know, the, the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Exercise, all those things. And then before we get to the doors and windows, I also look at the stress component as the roof. You know, your, your stress, your trauma that you might be holding on to, um, your lifestyle, that sort of thing, that always takes an honorary override for me. So we always want to start at the foundation and we want to look at your diet and, you know, you know the basics of what your, your inputs, what you're putting in every day. But I'm always asking the question of my clients, how is your life? How are your relationships? You know, what else is going on for you? What emotional stuff is going on? All of that because stress is going to flatten that house faster than anything else, right? You can eat the best diet in the world, but if you're highly stressed, you've got no hope of it getting A to B. Um, But having said all of that, we're now in a situation where our health has become so complex that for some people who are quite far down the health crisis of thyroid, adrenals, hormone crashes, which, you know, just to kind of, for the viewers, what that feels like, because it's hard for people to go, well, do I have a, do I have a problem with my adrenals or my thyroid? I don't know, probably. Um, <laughs> I just feel like shit. feels like for people is you're tired, but wired. You have trouble sleeping and winding down at night. Your tolerance and your bandwidth for stress is very, very short, right? You're bloated all the time, constipation, diarrhea, lots of brain fog. You're forgetting where you put your keys. This is what it looks like functionally, <laughs> right? People, I've been like that for years or isn't everybody like that? You know, your hormones are out of whack. You're missing your cycle. Your cycle's really heavy. None of these things are normal, but we have our workarounds and we live with them. But what I was saying is we're sort of in this, this crisis at the moment where we used to be able to kind of fix our bodies with food pretty easily. And I'm yeah. a huge advocate for nutrition. <clears throat> but for a lot of people now, and this is where you and I are talking about supplements and yeah. testing and actually going on the journey to get your health sorted, which involves diving a bit deeper. 
sometimes food's not enough now. Mm, absolutely. So that complex matrix of how it's all connected together, the gut, the adrenals, the thyroid, sometimes requires a bit more. To yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm so, so on your wavelength here because, you know, a lot of my clients say, do I need all these expensive supplements? And I'm like, yeah, I know this is a pain in the butt and you should be able to get all, everything that you need from nature, from food, but our food supply is a disaster yeah. The the amount of output per acre, if you want to look at it, is something like, you know, don't quote me on this, four or five times what the output used to be. Yeah. Something's got to have given. And then the, the pesticides, the herbicides, the, the stuff, the way it's stored, the way it's transported, and then you've got the package stuff that's, you know, got a 100 bloody E numbers in it and, you know, additives and preservatives and then glyphosate. And, you know, you, you, you add this all this and then you add in, the environmental toxins that we're living around from our houses, from the paint, from the exhaust fumes, from the, you know, the mm. artificial lights at nighttime to the, the EMFs to the whatever, you know, and it's no wonder that what what our grandparents did was not what we're, it's not the life we're living. We're not getting those nutrients that they got from the soil, from having, if I think back to my childhood, I had this beautiful childhood where my dad went hunting, he grew his own, we had yeah. his own chickens, we had eggs, we had uh, organic vegetables, we had this beautiful beginning. Uh, we did live next door to an orchard, though, so that wasn't so good, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we had that at least that good food to begin with. And now, you know, I don't know how to hunt. I, I mean, I couldn't kill anything to save myself, to be honest, but, um, you know, we don't have a lot of organic vegetables growing, you know, for most of us. Um, and it, and I'm trying to find my way back to that knowledge that that's been lost. Uh, but we need to be putting in the right things yeah. and the right combinations. And I, I studied genetics. I do a lot in the DNA space and the epigenetics. And understanding your genes is really yeah. important too, because maybe you don't methylate well. Maybe your hormone pathways are going down bad pathways. Maybe your detox capabilities are just really not there. And then you add in looking at your blood tests and your blood work and things and then seeing that combination, man, it's powerful lenses to look through. And you've got the the lens of, you know, being a, a certified hormone and nutrition and gut health. Um, that, I mean, we could, we could study for every day for the rest of our lives for 24 hours a day and we wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't know. Exactly right. A hundred percent. And I think, um, that's where when you get into that overwhelm of the weeds and some cases are very complex you know I work a lot with mold clients that have been exposed like all all of those things right um but the important critical things I think for people starting at home is to ask yourself am I doing the basics do I have a foundation for this house because when I go to the doctor they're chasing doors and windows right Mm -hmm. they're going to give me a script for the doors and windows And then it doesn't work because I don't have a house to put any doors and windows in, right? So this is why it doesn't work. And I think you can never go wrong starting with your foundations. And I put gut health in a foundation, right? Gut health is not like a random thing that we do on the side. This is something that we do every single day because that's your ability to get things from A to B. If you want energy, we want every, what's the biggest thing that everybody wants more of is energy, right? Energy comes from the food that you eat. You've got to eat the food, but you've also got to get the food to where it needs to go. Otherwise, it's useless to you. But, um, you know, chasing doors and windows, we want to be starting with 
the basics and people go, oh, yeah, I do kind of, you know, I eat relatively healthy. No, no, no. We've got to be eating. You've got to be sleeping. You've got to be doing these basics every day. And you know this, right? It's got to be an everyday thing. And then starting to look into those complex pathways, you touched on supplements before and, and resistance points for people with taking supplements. I tend to divide them into two lots. I go, things like your fish oil, your zinc, your magnesium, your, you know, your everyday sort of things, that's food because we don't get that from food. So when you're taking those supplements, you actually have to visualize that as part of your diet. Well, that's great. Yeah. So that's how I say it to people. So those ones are not technically in my world supplements. Those are food, right? Because you get them from food. These ones over here, these complex prescription ones that I'm giving you, this is to fix the broken bits, right? (laughs) I suppose we don't really fix people. This is to help your body fix itself sort of thing. But that, that's looking at that in more of a therapeutic sense. And that can come sometimes lessen the, the, the overwhelm that comes. Yeah, like why am I swallowing 100 tablets, you know? Yeah, a bag of tablets that I take every day. Does that mean I'm unhealthy? No, it just means that I live in this crazy world where yeah. my body needs this amount of support every day. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to give it that support. I love that. I love that. And putting that into two separate camps, because it is, it's like, you know, and, and when you get someone who's never taken a supplement ever or something, uh, and, and then you, you go, I want this, 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 and this, and this, and then this, 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 and then and they're like, what the? And, and I'm like, uh, you, you, you want to see what my mum has for breakfast. And it isn't yeah. food, unfortunately. You know, she, she's in intermittent fasting, fighting cancer. You know, we're on top of the cancer now, but, you know, we, we're going to stay there. And, um, She's having over 150 pills a day. And people go, that's just ridiculous. I said, well, she had weeks to live. And I went hard out on the metabolic approach. And that meant putting this really, really complex protocol together of peptides, you know, intravenous vitamin C, natural health supplements, really, really strict diet, hyperbaric every day, blah, blah, blah. But it took me 12 weeks. I got rid of the tumors. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and now we're staying on top of it and we're trying to keep it there. And now, now for me, it's rebuilding the microbiome. Now it's rebuilding the brain from the damage from the medications that she was on. So there is always the next level to get to. And of course, you know, she's 81. So crikey, it's pushing shit up the proverbial hill, (laughs) but it is what it is. And that's why she has 150 odd tablets a day. Um, and, and she, you know, she doesn't moan about it. She just gets on and does it. Yeah. And then she gets to live the rest of the 23.4, you know, five hours a day doing her other stuff that she yeah. wants to be doing. And that's the key, you know, a little yeah. bit of sacrifice. I get these people are going, I don't, I don't, you know, they're dying of cancer, some of my, my clients. They've got terminally ill things and they don't want to be bothered swallowing some pills. And I'm just like, well, we can't really work together. Say, Lisa, like, because this is just so, this hits my heart, like, more than you could ever know. And coming from a place where, where you've had a sick mum, I've had sick children. Like you, I would have done anything. That's why I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning with sick babies <laughs> researching, like you, going, this is, we are not going down like this. This is not happening, right? Um. Everything that I'm hearing from you and everything that I think about when I look at these sort of cases and with people that are struggling with what I call these resistance points. You know, I I had a terminally ill 
a cancer patient in my client. At, she was the other day and she, you can tell, gets me really emotional, right? Yeah. And she was the same. She said to me, you'd think it would be a good enough wake-up call, but I'm still drinking three coffees a day. I love coffee, you know, like I'm human, come on. But, you know, she said, I'm still drinking three coffees a day and, you know, you know, yeah, we go out Friday night and we have pizza and, you know, my yeah. partner, he likes alcohol, so we'll drink once or twice a week. And she said to me, I know that it should be a wake-up call. And I looked her in the eyes, and this is the, the point that I wanted to touch on, and I think where the problem is, and I said to her, darling, you're just disconnected from yourself. We're so disconnected from our bodies, it's almost as though we don't care anymore, mm. right? There's this huge disconnect between our physical health what we put in our bodies and our brains, it's almost like we're treating them as separate things. Yeah. We're going, you know, yeah. and if you can reestablish that connection for people, if you can get that penny drop moment of yeah. going, hello, you live here, right? Yeah. And you're not going to be here if yeah, you don't like, do but something. But there is this real mental disconnect. And I really think coming back to the, the beginning of our podcast, this overwhelm, this disease of being busy this society that pushes and pushes we outsource our food we outsource our emotions we outsource everything right we're so removed from reality and we're so removed from that connection from ourselves mm. but I think even when some people are and and you know huge respect to anybody going through that journey but even people that are terminal are still going Oh, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't oh. do. I, I got, you know, like I have like really two distinct camps and, and with with the people that I'm working with with cancer, especially with cancer because it's so urgent, right? Um, and some are just going hardcore, and they're just doing whatever, you know, the doctors that I put in their team or the you know the protocols, the things that we put together to to help them, and they're going hardcore. I've got one one guy in the South Island. He's probably listening to this after. <laughs> he's just gorgeous. He's just absolutely into it. And he's like, right, I'm training for the Olympics. And oh, I'm like, damn right you are. Like and, yeah. you know, people like that, I know they're going to have every chance of success. We can still fail, but they're going to have every chance. Mindset. Yeah. Totally. Right? Do the things. You can do the protocol. You can take the supplements. You can go, okay, but if you don't believe that yep. you're going to get better, if you don't believe that this is not you, you know, you've got to have that subconscious driver. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and a reason, and, you know, I've got other ones who just w won't do any of it and there's no urgency. And I'm like, I care more than they seem to care. And it's their lives, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. What, what am I doing wrong as a coach that I can't get across that information and the urgency with which we need to act? And, and, I and, think and a lot of that just comes down to self-worth and it's deeper than that. Yeah. You're going into the subconscious at that point. You're going into ingrained belief systems around self-worth, around valuing themselves. If you dived really deep into childhood, I'm not a big fan of looking retrospectively. I like to be in a forward mindset most yeah. of the time. But I do think that our subconscious mind will Lives block there. Yep. from healing if there are unresolved belief systems and traumas there. We're seeing this clinically. This is not like crazy woo-woo stuff, right? This is why the body and the mind are not separate. When I say to people, you be careful. When you change the way you eat, 
all kinds of things are going to happen in your life, right? <laughs> all kinds of, I'm not going to be responsible for relationships that start or end or like there are all, because you rewire your bike, like everything changes in your body, right? But the same has to be said for a healing journey. You can sign up to a program, you can do a protocol, you can come to coaches like you and I. Of course, I have clients like you do as well, but you have to be ready and you have to believe. Yeah. That's what to be all in. Days. Yeah. Yeah, I just think yeah, it, 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 it's just you know you you question and, and as a as a clinician, I try to only work now with the people that I think I can get results for because I don't want to waste anyone else's time and money if I don't believe that I can get the results for that person, and that's hard because but you've got lim- I've got limited resources, limited time, limited ability, so I have to basically. Um, you know, see whether this person is going to get the results because they've got the mindset for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I had more resources and we could work with everybody on a deeper level, but I don't. Yeah. And so I have to pick and choose how and who I work with because I don't want to put, you know, anybody, cost anybody money, put them through all these things, you know. Um, but it's so important to have people doing this navigation for people you know because when you you know as both of us have been through a lot in the medical system I've been through some horrific things in the medical system and I know that there's massive deficits in the whole fundamental approach Mm -hmm. to the way that traditional medicine uh, views disease and uh, optimal health and it goes right down to just looking at, you know, like if, if, a, if a doctor looks at your blood work and I look at your blood work, I'll tell you, we're probably going to see two different things. I've been taught by other doctors, but doctors who look with a functional lens, not doctors who look whether you're not dead, uh, you're all right, you know. Um, <laughs> just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast now if you enjoy pushing the limits if you get great value out of it we would love you to come and join our patron membership program we've been doing this now for five and a half years and we need your help to keep it on air it's been a public service free for everybody and we want to keep it that way but to do that we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out so if you're interested in becoming a patron for pushing the limits podcast then check out everything on patron.lisatarmaty.com that's p-a-t-r-o-n dot lisatarmaty.com we have two patron levels to choose from you can do it for as little as seven dollars a month new zealand or fifteen dollars a month if you really want to support us so we we are grateful if you do there are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us everything from workbooks for all the podcasts the strength guide for runners uh, the power to vote on future episodes uh, webinars that we're going to be holding all of my documentaries and much much more so check out all the details patron.lisatarmaty.com and thanks very much for joining us Your ferritin's 31 and the range is 30 to 300. And then tomorrow it's 29. They're like, oh, you should have an iron infusion. Yeah, but the 31, it was fine. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly that point. And then the ratios between things. You can read so much just out of a simple $12 blood test, you know. Absolutely. Um, and it's not being done, you know, and then we've got all the other fancy, more expensive tests that we can do. And there's some gold in there. Uh, absolutely. Um, but it's just coming with that fundamental different approach. I had a, um, 
I was uh, MC recently at a wellness conference where I was running the day and one of the, the, the speakers there was a, an incredible doctor, really top of the top of the top doctors. And um, afterwards we, we went head to head a little bit, <laughs> had a big discussion, very, very open, very respectful, of course, but he was just like, all the stuff, this DNA testing, all this wellness stuff here at this conference is all woo-woo bullshit. Hmm. And I well, said, and therein lies the fact that probiotics were useless and no one should be taking them. And I went, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> what do we see now? Probiotic therapy coming in for all <laughs> kinds of different diseases. Understand. Yep. Yeah. It's just like you, you're really going to just lump it all to one and one for starters. And, you know, this was a very intelligent, educated man at the top of this, this game writing off DNA testing, genetic testing. Uh, as well as all the other, you know, that these are, uh, there's a billion scientists in the world who would argue with that, okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and and it, the, the arrogance of that. Absolutely. But I think, you know, when uh, I have had my share through my boy's journey of dealing with many doctors, um, for the viewers listening, I was actually during that process, 18 surgeries in two years, right? Wow. They were at an 11-month-old mm. and a two-year-old. 18 surgeries of everybody trying to have their little look at what they thought might be wrong. We'll cut this out. We'll do this, you know, and I'm very open with the story now. Obviously it's taken me a while to heal mm. from all of that. I had PTSD from all, mm. all the medical trauma that we went through, the times yeah. that, you know, we were forced into things we didn't want to do. I'm sure you've been there. Been there. Um, the way that I look at it, though, is this is a belief system for them. We're not critical thinking. We're not using common sense, unfortunately, in the medical model. I take out of that, though, just to like, you know, so all, all the haters out there, there is a need. We need the medical system. When you break we do. you have to go to emergency department. We need them 100%. There is a place for both. But as you alluded to, there is a massive hole in this kind of functional diagnostics or looking at it and just asking questions that make common sense or so going, hang on a minute, you know, there, there, there could be something more here. All I asked in my boy's journey coming out of it, and by the way, we actually, my ex-husband and I actually ended up with a formal apology from wow. the local department because when we did get the right testing which I paid for privately yep. it did reveal that they had a chronic and rare immune disease yeah and that they were very sick and and what I was um, saying just before is I was actually accused by one of the pediatricians of having Munchausen's and I was referred for a mental health care plan oh that my god that was the day that the fire in my belly got really strong right and I was yeah. it, my mental health was challenged by them yeah, right. Me and too. my lack of sleep. It wasn't. Cha I knew that we were going to get through this, right? I was not making things up. But what I understood in my journey to forgiveness for the doctors that we came across, the times that my baby suffered, the eighteen unnecessary surgeries that they had, and all of these things that they now—that is their journey and their legacy and things that they remember, right? In my journey of forgiveness, which has been such a powerful journey to allow me to step into the space that I practice in now, because I couldn't do that with anger, right? I learned that this is what they know. 
they are trained this way and there is a place for it. It wasn't in our story, but there is a place for it and it is a belief system. And this is the problem is we're, we're approaching a patient. I don't know if it's client, the patients, the clients, but they're approaching a patient with an ingrained belief system of it must be this or it must not be this or I must be able to prescribe this pill for this symptom. It's we're not thinking laterally because when we talk to people and we go, well, doesn't it kind of make sense that, you know, X, Y, Z could be happening in your body or that your epigenetics could be playing a role or that stress could be an override here or I don't know, any of these things. When you explain it to people in the right way, it makes sense to everybody. You don't have to be a doctor to understand how your body works, right? So I think... The way that I look at it and where there's such a space for people like you and I rising and coming through and raising awareness is we've just got to teach people how to think critically for themselves. Mm-hmm. What makes sense to you, even even down to your diet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think also like putting a team around you, like not, don't, and, 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 you know, this is very much, you know, limited to your your resources and how much money you have. And I can tell you, the wealthier you are, the longer you're probably going to live. Mm-hmm. And the poorer you are, the less likely you are to get access to some of the things. And this is a, a terrible inequality that well, I would like to see changed. By the big food companies, hasn't it? Because convenience food is so cheap. So I completely yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we can go down that rabbit hole, but perhaps we'll leave that one because that, that's a huge one. But But leaving that aside, if you can get different opinions from different experts so so with my with my mum's journey um with the cancer journey the second round uh we i have 15 doctors in the mix now it has cost me a house literally i sold a house to pay for her rehabilitation and her 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 care um and and that's not necessarily doable but i'd rather have a a lesser quality house, a stink car. I don't care about those things. I care that she's getting the very best. And, you know, we're still running out of resources, but she's getting the best of the best and the the best information from differing experts because we all have to have different experts of, of, you know, different areas of expertise. And that way I get the microbiome expert, I get the hormone expert, I get the the cancer, the metabolic approach cancer. I get the oncologist. I get the everybody into the mix. And then, hey, we're off to the races. And I have to act like the CEO and make the decisions about what I put into her and what I don't put into her. And it's a huge responsibility to carry every single day because if I make a, a, a muck up, that could, you know, be the uh, huge, you know, problem. <laughs> um, but, but you make the best decisions you can based on your own research plus bringing in the right people into the mix. Um, and you're just going on to your, your medical stories. I mean, I have a, a, a story and some of my listeners have heard me talk about my, my dad. My dad passed away two years ago. I say passed away, but fuck. <laughs> Excuse my language, but I went through hell in the medical system. I have never even properly shared it except a little bit on this podcast because I'm still so, so angry 
about what happened to my dad. Mm-hmm. And and I'm at the same time so grateful for the surgeons. The surgeons were amazing how they 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 did their very best to save his life. But it was in the aftermath as he developed sepsis and I was not allowed to put intravenous vitamin C into him, even though I had the clinical research. I had professors on my side. I had all sorts of people saying to the team at the ICU, here is the proof. Here is his best chance. You've run out of options. Let us do this. This is not woo-woo bullshit. Vitamin C infusions are not woo-woo bullshit. When it comes to sepsis, when it comes to cancer, it's very, very powerful. I did post-COVID. Exactly. Literally, the minute I was allowed to leave my house, that was the first thing I did. Amen. (laughs) I've done hours and hours of podcasts on intravenous vitamin C and how powerful it is. My mum is getting another one tomorrow. And, you know, this is part of her cancer protocol. My dad, I could not get it because he was in the ICU. He was intubated. I had no control over him or his body or what. And even though he wanted it and um, I was fighting to get it, I had all this proof. Nothing. I fought for 15 days against the ethics committee, the ethics committee, you know, want to vomit when I say the ethics committee, Um, and every doctor in that thing and every nurse, I had to get them to sign off. And it took me 16 days or 15 days to get the the sign off to do it. And I had to get my GP, who was kind enough to come into the lion's den of her own accord and to administer the intravenous vitamin C. And by then, my dad was at death's doorstep and we had multiple organ failure. And despite that, the very first intravenous vitamin C started to turn all the markers around, like a CRP dropped from 240 to 114. His, his, his kidney function went from 27% to 33%. Apparently, you know, they were telling me that the, the vitamin C was going to damage his kidneys. And I'm going, yeah, being dead damages your kidneys too. Yeah. You know, like this was a logic they were coming at me with. I saw him t- turn around, even though he was absolutely up the creek at that point and beyond probably. And it still made a difference. And then I needed it every six hours. The protocol was six hour, six hourly, you know, 30 grams. And we could only get 15 grams. And then it took 18 hours every time for the next two, three days. They stopped me. They played all sorts of tricks so that I was pulled out of the room when the doctor came in to deliver it and you know, all the shit going on. Very similar. Yeah, same, very similar stories of hair raising things that were done to my boys. And I, 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 I'm there with you. I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's probably a conversation for not on air. Because, <laughs> I, you know, um, and one day I hope so to change things. It's so important for awareness, Lisa. It's so important for awareness because, you know, I look at it and, like I said, I'm always in that forward-thinking mindset and I think what a beautiful gift from your dad because you can share a personal experience of how vitamin C therapy works, right? And you can, and, and same with your mum, what we need is more and more and more people on the ground thinking critically for themselves and yeah. not accepting that this is my destiny, right? Your body is regenerating every second of every day. And yeah. you just got to, you've got to be able to have the tools to show up. And it's interesting because you talk about vitamin C therapy and what does it all come back to is nutrients, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nature is a healer, food is a healer, but now we just have to get it in really concentrated form. <laughs> Especially when you're dealing with something like that. Yeah, and, absolutely. That's huge. And, and they, you know, it was just a, such a tragedy. And like you say, the only way I can deal with it basically is to 
it's going to be my dad's legacy that I'm going to create change. And, you know, I fought for other people in the same position, exactly the same position. I had one just two weeks ago who we lost because we could not get them to listen and we couldn't get, you know, and, and we don't know if we'd put that in, would it have saved them or was it too late? We don't know that, but we're never given a chance. In America, there's a, a, a law that is passed in some states called the right to try at the end of life. Say, where is free choice in all of this? Oh, you do not have control yeah. over your own or your loved one's bodies when they are in the system, in the ICU or in the, in the hospital. And that is why I do everything to prevent people getting to there and, you know, of course, you're not going to be able to, you know, um, 100% prevent that. You know, if you get hit by a bus, then, you know, you're yep. going place, to. Right? Yeah. Medical care intervention emergency department, we need them. We really yep. need them, right? But you, you better be hypervigilant. The surgeons, you talk about that, you know, absolutely. But I agree with you, you're, what you're talking about, you alluded earlier to lead up to pregnancy to lead up to old age, you know, all of this, there, there are so many things that we can be doing every day mm. to prevent ourselves from having the same destiny or the same diseases or the same diagnoses that the rest of our family members had. Yeah. And I think, you know, like what, what excites me on the positive side of all this is all their anti-aging and longevity research uh, and I have the privilege of studying under the one of the cellular medicine's brightest minds and learning from her, Dr. Dr. Yerth, who's just absolutely fascinating. And I'm excited for all the stuff that's coming because it does mean that I have a chance for myself and for my loved ones and for my clients to maybe delay them dying for a decade, two decades, three decades. Who knows? Because this, if we can keep our shit together now, then what's coming in the future, we're going to be able to regenerate. We're going to be able to actually reverse. That's the sort of thing that's coming. Yeah, so if we just hang on now. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, I'm so looking forward to that. I think about my boys growing up and having their own children and the genetic component of obviously, you know, obviously me being a really, you know, high-level elite athlete and really busy and pushing my body to the wire wasn't the sole reason why. But, you know, genetics have obviously played a role there's a dirty gene in there from their dad and I obviously coming together something's happened right because because yeah. they both have it so we know it's genetic right yeah. so have it where I say they have it they don't have anything anymore I don't think but um yeah. but thinking forward to when they have children my job now is to empower and educate them about the role of health and food and exercise nutrition and sleep and all of that because they already have the dodgy gene we've all got mm. dodgy genes Mm. It's like a strain of pills. Everybody breaks somewhere, right? But you have to know how to turn them on and turn them off, which is, you know, a lot of what you were talking about, epigenetics. So yep. our responsibility now to go out there and educate other people because there is so much support coming in the way of research, supplementation, hacks. It's coming, right? Yep. We've got some of it already, but we just have to kind of hang on as, as a human race. Um, and working on those controllables, the foundation of the house in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, 
movement, you know, you're just those basics every day, your, your mindset, your subconscious mind, your stress management, all of that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I wanted to just go and 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 talk a little bit about microbiome because microbiome is my own my my thing at the moment. And it's an area I hadn't I didn't have a lot of knowledge in, um, just because I hadn't got to it yet. And um, been studying that hard now because I'm working on you know on that piece of the puzzle for mum because okay, the needs are arisen. I just did Microba testing with her, which is an Australian company. Do you use Microba, by the way? Um, no, I, I didn't complete Microbiome Map, but a lot of them are very similar. Sometimes yep. I use the IMAP, which is a US-based one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, ideally we're, we're just looking for these markers in all areas of not just do you have a parasite, yes or no? We want to know how is your gut performing? How are you absorbing things? What are your good flora? What are the not-so-good guys that are living in there, you know? Why, what are your inflammatory markers? Like, do you have leaky gut? Yes or no? If so, how bad is it? You know, and then these individual strains of bacteria that can give us good insights. Yeah, it's just fascinating diving into all of that and then seeing. Um, uh, so I've been doing a lot of cultured food, you know, like using cultures and making my own kefir, been uh, working with Kirsty Worth, um, who's, who's brilliant in this space. Um, and it's just fascinating. I've just got so much to learn and so many questions um, on on this whole thing. Um, and, and with my mum's story, uh, just having those cultures going in every day because we're still at the beginning of this journey. We haven't got to the herbal detoxes and all of that sort of um, piece of the puzzle yet because we have to have her in ketosis, have her on the right diet, have. But, I, you know, like yesterday, just as, I, as an example, I've been measuring her ketones twice a day uh, for the last few weeks just to see where she's at and her blood sugar levels, and I just can't get her ketones above one, you know, like she's been. And then yesterday I took her ketones in the morning and they were at four, and I'm like, whoa, what's happened here? You know, is and I'm like, wow, is that the is that the microbiome starting to do its thing and and now I can actually get her into ketosis better yeah I mean Um, so many different kind of indicators there are so many things that could be going on you know microbiome can have a role in regulating insulin in the body but I'm always looking at things kind of in more of a a bigger picture. So you can get in the, you can really get in the weeds with microbiome stuff. Mm -hmm. You can go down the individual bacteria, you know, individual strains of probiotics and all of that. But I always, as a practitioner, am trying to step back and just look at the bigger picture first, because when you start chasing rabbit holes, we can get kind of into that medical mindset of, oh, we'll just take some vitamin B and everything will be okay. Well, hang on a minute, you know. Um, the way to think about it twofold, I'm just thinking about your mum, your gut is a north to south process, it starts mm-hmm. in the brain, right? So you've got to always be looking further north. So we can do cultured foods, probiotics and all of that for further down, but we still want to be supporting the system from the north down, right? So particularly as we age, we're losing stomach, stomach acid, our ability to produce stomach acid. So we want to make sure that we, you know, we're doing a lot in that space. But the second thing is, and you were talking about the ketones, right? It's difficult to say yes or no, that that's a direct impact. But remember that any imbalance in the microbiome is going to drive up systemic inflammation in the body, Mm. right? Mm. Any imbalance. And when I say imbalance, if you think about the gut as a garden, right, and you want to have nice, lush, green grass, that's a good, healthy, strong microbiome. There are a number of things that that can be going on in there, and testing is helpful, 
right? But you can have a garden full of weeds. So there's a whole bunch of overgrowth of bacteria that's going to be driving up inflammation depending on how they're behaving. We don't know how these things behave every day, right? Depending on what you ate and how they're feeding and what they're doing. You can also have not many weeds in the garden, but not enough grass. So you've got this barren kind of soil situation, which is going to do the same thing because you need those good microbes to nourish and protect the lining. Um, So my brain goes to when you're talking about the insulin side of things and the ketone side of things, and it's just one avenue to consider is how the microbiome might be starting to regulate inflammation in Mm -hmm. the body purely by not adding to the bucket. Yep purely by binding and detoxing correctly because we've got a good, healthy, strong microbiome going. And that's where, you know, things like cultured foods are really helpful in the process of helping everything to work through. So that's, um, you know, we even know now that there are certain classifications of bacteria that extract calories different from wow. food, right? Wow. You can have, you can have um, certain colonies or certain classifications of bacteria that are going to extract more calories from food than than what you would normally. So there's so much in there. But I think um, uh, I don't discount it. Yeah. Don't, if that's yeah. the only thing that you've changed and you're noticing that, you know, perhaps what was keeping her in those lower ketone levels was some form of internal stress, that stress 100% can be coming from dysbiosis or from the microbiome. Wow. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it, again, I don't quite know. <clears throat> this is just early days in this journey with the with all of this. Um, and, and it could be other things that I've tweaked this week as well. You know, there's, there's uh, thyroid stuff and there's other stuff going on. But it's just interesting to see, you know, and, and this is why I love testing. And when we get, you know, very regular blood tests every every two to three weeks, Um and just to see where I'm, you know, people are like, oh, supplements, you've just got expensive wheat. I, I can change your blood chemistry within two weeks of taking supplements. I know that this works because I can see it because I've done it for mum for the last, you know, number of years, taking a blood work all the time and tweaking it all, you know. We had a problem with undermethylation a while back because of the, you know, some of the medications that she was on was sucking out all her um, methyl donors. So we had to up that level, you know, you can see and you can tweak and you can play with these things. And it's really, really important. And it's it's so key to understanding your health and, you know, why she's getting better um, all the time. And, you know, to see her brain go from being having this massive aneurysm being like a baby coming back to normal then living life for a few years and then getting hit with the cancer and then you know we did that come from possibly an ebv virus possibly because of the brain damage we don't quite know um and then her going back to being a baby again being nothing there being back to normal again you know like it's just a phenomenal experience to have seen and and people come with beginnings of dementia to me and they go well there's no hope and I'm like "Uh, you've got no idea how the brain can recover yeah and even things we know now the neurological stuff like has such a root in things like carbs and sugar like you know keto diet I don't advocate just keto for everyone but you know keto diet like was invented for epilepsy yeah exactly 
This is what it was invented for. for seizures. For weight loss. It's great for weight loss, but it was invented for epilepsy. Like we can use this for neurological conditions. Oh my God, this is amazing. You know? Yeah. 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 And why, and why I've been so keen to get a ketones up and, you know, yeah. why exogenous ketones yeah. are so important. Like, yeah, your, yeah, your they partner does. This morning. Yeah. Damien's ketones, you know, like yeah. they're brilliant. Yeah. You know, uh, and these these are things that we can add to our toolkit. And with for mum, it was only through exogenous ketones that I was able to get any sort of a result a, a wee while ago because without the exogenous ketones in the mix, I just was not getting into ketosis because of medications. Now, at least she's producing, and now it's shot up. Well, at least yesterday. That's, you know? that's incredible because I have this conversation a lot with my clients. I love this podcast talking about all kinds of things. But <laughs> I have this conversation a lot with my clients of going just – you have to understand that if if you know if you if you're on a ketogenic sort of uh, route and that's the route that we're going which is you know very beneficial for a lot of things we just got to be a bit careful with women and hormones so yes about that. yeah you know and you've got to also just be a bit careful i think with people going you know <laughs> the wrong type of keto the wrong type of <laughs> keto you know and i i still eat carbs and I eat a low carb diet, but I don't eat no carbs ever. Yeah. You know, like so we've got to be really careful because it's classic society. Yeah. That everything's extremes, you know. So it's like, oh, a keto diet, you can't eat an apple. I'm like, hang on a minute. Hang yeah. on a minute. Like, just pause for a second, right? Um, but uh what what I was talking about with that was the where was I going? I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, I bugged you up. Yeah, no, I don't know. I went down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. So, so it's just talking about, you know, keto diet and therapeutically we were talking about the way that you use it. And I was saying to my clients, exogenous ketones are really good. I'm like the biggest fan of them because of all these other factors that you talked about, your microbiome, your blood sugar, your stress levels, your sleep, your internal toxic load, all of these things are going to inhibit your body's ability to produce ketones, your negative thought patterns straight away could kick you straight out of, you know, there's all of these things that can happen. So one of the best biohacks I think that we've had coming on the market now that they're nice and clean, the ones that we have, right, yeah. are these bioidentical exogenous ketones that we can drink because you can go on a very, very, very low-carb diet. There's no guarantee that your yeah. body will produce ketones right? So it can be a frustrating process for people. And it is for many of us. Yeah, yeah for yeah. many for me, people. Especially elderly. So complex in your body. Um, and I think particularly for stressed and overwhelmed women, it's very difficult to be in ketosis on your own and borderline, if you're having to go that low carb, you know, I'm talking like 25 mm. grams of carbs, 20 grams. Now, now we've got problems with hormones. Yeah. So it's this constant kind of like dance that you're doing. And that's where I love things like exogenous ketones. So when we're talking about supplementation, like you were, we're not always talking about high potency herbals, you know, it's which are, which are very beneficial. And I use a lot of, but ketones, food source, fish oil, food source, magnesium, mm -hmm. food source, zinc, food source, you know, you can't get it from food anymore, but you can supplement it as a food source, which is why, your frustration of not being able to get vitamin C into your dad or into your clients, this is just insane. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a food source, right? Yeah. And it's a, such a powerful one when you do it intravenously, like as opposed to like I had a surgeon say to me, well, just eat an orange if you want to 
be ready for surgery. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> We're talking like the equivalent of 500 oranges here going yeah. direct into your it's vein. It's impossible to get the amount of oranges <laughs> into this human being that we need to, right? No, and it has a different, and uh, in, in, yeah, go and study the science and then yeah. come back, you know, like go and, and actually. The argument to that as well is we're coming from a place of deficiency, right? We're not coming from, oh, I've got these optimal vitamin C stores in my body. I don't think any of us do have optimal because you're just plowing through it all day, every day through our stress levels, right? But this, you're coming, a lot of people are coming from a place of deficiency and then getting sick. Yeah, so and then why the you end up with scurvy. Yeah, like, you know, like uh, with, with the case of sepsis, you're using so much vitamin C that you're actually you got scurvy. You've yeah. got it because the surgeries and the, th- the the disease itself and the process, and this is why if you're going in for a surgery, prepare your body with some vitamin C prior and hopefully some hyperbaric would be good to put in the mix there as well, pre and post, because you'll recover so much faster, you know, um, and, you know, I don't even want to butcher the science because I've got, you know, all those hours of podcast interviews with the scientists who study vitamin C to explain the mechanisms and how and why it's different when it's intravenous versus um, oral vitamin C, which is good as well, but it's not going to touch the sides in a case like that, right? Um, right. And it's just understanding all that nuance. And, and going back to the whole keto thing, I think, you know, like it's not for everybody and we, we need to know, again, your genetics would be interesting to know, your FTO genes and whether you 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 cope with saturated fats or whether we want to go more with the olive oils and, and things or whether you can actually have some butter and things like that as well um, and seeing how it affects your your cholesterol and your all of that sort of stuff. But all of us could benefit from a low-carb, unprocessed diet you know, taking out the processed shit for starters, getting rid of the additives and preservatives. Yeah. You yeah. know, simple things like let's, if you are eating any carbs in your diet, even if they're really good quality carbs, let's not be having them for breakfast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that. Why, why is that? Explain why. Oh, okay. Awesome. So I have a really simple explanation for people. You imagine that your body is fire and it's your job to keep the fire burning all day, right? So every single time that you're eating high carb foods. And yes, there are better sources, of course, you know, root veggies and low sugar fruits. And these are amazing sources of carbohydrate that I definitely advocate that people have in their diet, right? For gut health. So you've got to be really careful because I myself did the keto diet way too strictly a few years ago and ruined my microbiome, ruined it, right? So you've got to be careful. You've got to be getting your fiber and all of that. And for hormones, you need some carbs, Mm. but your body's a fire and it's your job to keep the fire burning all day, every day, right? Every time you're putting carbohydrate foods in your body, whether obviously the, you know, the uptake on your blood sugar is different, but whether they're coming from root veggie sources or whether they're coming from grains or whether they're coming from whatever, you have to think of it like the kindling or the twigs, right? There's like a one-for-one energy ratio there. Mm. You put them on the fire, they burn really quickly and then they go out, mm. What we don't want to be doing is running our fire like that the whole day because, A, it's very inconvenient to have to eat every couple of hours. I don't have time for that. I don't know about you guys, right? Very inconvenient. B, it's no good for your blood sugar levels because you're up and down, you're up and down. You know, you're, you're sh- The way that I describe it is your ships in stormy seas. 
you're rocking. You're all over the shot. You're rocking. Exactly right. And when your blood sugar is going up and down, your hormones are going up and down, your moods are going up and down, everything, right? And you're just destroying your vessels, your blood vessels yeah, and things. Brain, it's all these things, right? <laughs> so we've got the kindling going on, whereas we know that proteins and fats are going to yield like a four times longer source of energy. So they're like the logs on the fire. So this makes sense to me. This is just me in my brain. Never mind the science. This is what I've put together in my brain for my clients going, well, hang on a minute. Our busiest parts of the day are during the day, right? Generally from the morning through to kind of mid-afternoon. This is the busiest time of the day. We don't want to be in stormy seas. We want to have a log on the fire that's going to keep us burning more steadily. So whether you're doing intermittent fasting or not, your meal one of the day needs to be a log on the fire. Then if we're bringing in those carb stores later on in the day, late afternoon and in the evening, and you're adding a bit of kindling onto those logs that are already burning, the impact is different. And in addition to that, you're replenishing the glycogen that you've actually used, right? Because there is a threshold there. Keto or no keto, if you overfill your cup, you're going to store it. That's what happens, right? So that's kind of the why that I explain to people the timing of carbohydrates is critical. Obviously, there's caveats if you're doing high-intensity exercise or endurance exercise. There's all of those things and your own personal tolerance, right? But when you're on a health journey, your blood sugar is one of the most critical foundations that you need to get right. And it is a simple fix, relatively, right? Unless you're, you know, lacking like a ton of B vitamins and all that, but relatively simple fix with your diet. So you can kind of, you know, for women, I'll often split the day. I'll go, let's go keto for the first half, very low carb. And then according to your output, we might bring in, I'm talking a cup of root veggies, you know, maybe some brown rice, fruits, that sort of thing in the afternoon or the evening. So that's the way that I describe it to people. And then, like you said, you've got to, further on down your journey, you've got to take into account your individual thresholds, your tolerance, what your stress levels are doing and how those carbs actually impact you. You're taking them during the day are going to really help to keep that ship in kind of exogenous ketones because they do like they just keep me um my energy levels and i'm not thinking about food every five minutes when i have if i had a uh, you know a cereal or a toast or something for breakfast which i don't do um then i know that i'll be starving by 10 o'clock again you know and and just to have that freedom of having you know those good that good long log burning, as you're saying, going on in the background and you're not actually thinking until, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, oh, a bit peckish now, I'll go and have a a decent lunch. And, you know, studying epigenetics again, there is difference between people as to how fast they burn food, how well they, they, they deal with carbs. The Amy one gene, for example, is how much, you know, starch they can, they can take. Um, And then also looking at, the intermittent fasting, I do like the intermittent fasting, the sort of 16-8 is a, is a really good one that most people can deal with or some for some people it's, you know, 14-10, but trying to get a period where you're not eating and you can have the exogenous ketones, by the way, on that, in that fasting period because it's not going to impact your glycemic index. Um, but having a 16-hour period where you're not eating is just so important for that whole 
uh, regulation of your blood sugar, your, your insulin sensitivity. So for me, and it's easier for a lot of people, I find, is if it's, it's a lot of people can skip breakfast, you know, without too much drama. Um, it's later in the day when everyone starts to have their their troubles. I know personally that, you know, nighttime is when I have the, the most struggles with willpower <laughs> because that's I'm go, go, go all day. I don't really care if I don't eat. But when I go to sit down at nighttime, it's like, hmm, where's that chocolate part? And, you know, <laughs> I always say to people, your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do at that point because you're in parasympathetic. You've dropped. And so that's going to turn on your digestive system and you're going to go, okay, I'm ready for food now, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's you're just- right. And you're 100% right about the fasting. It's not for everyone all the time. But I think giving ourselves a period of time where we're just not putting load in, even healthy food can be load. And, you know, from a microbiome perspective, there's an interesting thing called your migrating motor complex, which basically just refers to your gut cleaning itself out. Mm. It's like when you sleep and it washes out the glial cells in your brain. Yeah. Kind of- same thing in your gut, right? Wow. That the migrating motor complex is kind of like a brush that goes through and sweeps everything out. It does a bunch of other things, but it really doesn't kick in until we've had about three or four hours without food. Wow. So you can be adding to the toxic load in your gut by snacking too regularly because we're not allowing that full process of detoxification, you know, eat, digest, absorb waste eliminate we want that whole process to flow so when we talk about things like fasting or not snacking you know traditionally in the diet circles it's all about weight loss weight loss weight loss weight loss and while that's helpful in a health sense we're also talking about other health markers here right yeah absolutely leave your body alone for a period of time and let it do what it's supposed to do yeah, yeah, totally, uh, totally into that. And that whole sort of, you know, it's like bringing in the groceries and clearing out the rubbish. If you don't clear out the rubbish and you keep bringing the groceries in, you, your kitchen's going to be full pretty quick and you're not going to... hormones 101, right? That's the biggest thing that's been missed with hormones is everybody's going, oh, you're low in this or you're high in this. And I go, yes, but how are your detox pathways? Yep. Because if the tap's on full but the plug's not pulled... You're going to overflow really quickly. And, and a lot of the time, even with hormones, it's a detox issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even with like, you know, bioidentical hormone replacement, which I'm a big fan of for the right people and the right, with the right doctors and the right, you know, or the right oversight or the right practitioners, I should say. Uh, it is so powerful for anti aging. You know, I read a study yesterday women who go into menopause early or have had a hysterectomy and gone, you know, been pushed into menopause. Um, uh, age quicker, the the acceleration of their 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 the methylation markers on their on their DNA increases something to, something horrifically, and it's like wow. So the later that you go into menopause, the better. And then if you're on hormone replacement, then you're going to slow that process down uh, again. But caveats: there are certain people with certain hormone pathways. You need to know where you're putting down those hormones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Detox is important. But just another, that's such a great example, you know, of how hormones are are powerful for everything. We need them for our immune system. We need them for our bones. We need them for our skin. You know, hormones are not just there for reproduction, particularly for women. A classic example of where many people have gone to a practitioner, gone to their doctor, and they've been told, oh, you don't need that anymore. Just, you know, hysterectomy, just take it out. Go on, 
take it yeah. out. Oh, you don't need it. Tonsils, take them out. Yeah. You know, or here's, here's an estrogen patch. You'll be fine. So, yeah, you know, and you're, oh, my God. like Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and, and these sorts of podcasts that you're doing, Lisa, I just love what you do, you know, just raising this awareness for people to think critically for ourselves, to start asking the questions of our own body and of the practitioners around you, like you said, get a team of people and just start to really think about what makes sense to me. Because if it's not making sense, if your healthcare and, you know, and the team of people that you have around you, if this is not making sense to you, then it probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And being constantly open to learning. And, you know, even if you, if, if, if resources are limited and you can't work with uh, really top people, go and study, you know, like uh, you and I have educated ourselves for starters, and then we've gone and got whatever qualifications. But to be honest, I can educate myself on anything because I know where to go and I know how to to access that. And that is um, critical. Like we have access now through podcasts. I can go and listen to the top bloody professors in the world lecture every day if I want to. I don't need to go to Harvard University anymore, you know, and and it's no longer gated, all that information. Um, And, yes, it's confusing. And, yes, you'll get contradictions, you know, I have different guests on here who share their opinions and I sh- and I get people on opposite ends of the scale sometimes and that's okay because we have intellectual debates, we have open conversations and then people are free to go off and dive de- deeper into that particular topic if they want to, if they don't understand something. So and, and what comes out of, you know, interviewing brilliant people all the time is that there is so much nuance that is lost in these simplified conversations that we have in the mainstream media, you know, that is everything is black and white. It's not, I'm sorry, and there is no one diet that's right for everybody and there is no one supplement that's going to do it all and there is no one anything, you know. So we need to have nuanced conversation. We need to understand that this is an age of personalization. This is an age where we have genetics, where we can understand that aspect and we can also look at our epigenetics and we can look at the symptom symptomology of what we're presenting with and we can take all of these lenses and we can look through them all and get some answers and then we can go and add in another practitioner when we get to that point for their expertise and that's the way I approach things. Yeah, yeah it's hard work. but yeah, It is, but ultimately your body is the decider of all. You yeah. and I have our own clinical knowledge and, and opinions and journeys on things and all of that, but ultimately, you know, I say when in doubt, when you're super confused, even with all the research that you've done, you've got to go in. You have to go inwards and start asking your innate intelligence, which is there to save your life, right? It is there to keep you healthy. You need to start. That's that whole reconnect Start understanding your own body and what it's trying to tell you and release attachment that you have to other ideals. You know, so if you go, oh, but they really said that I should eat beans, but every time I eat beans, I bloat. Well, beans are not for you. And that's okay, right? That's okay. So it's, you know, I, I really truly believe that this marriage between all of this beautiful research and information and knowledge and awareness and everything that we have coming through and this concept of connecting people back to their own bodies and what their bodies are trying to tell them early on, early, early, those slight imbalances, that waking at 3am or that weird kind of bloating that I get or that 
struggling to recover from my exercise or what are these small things that you're you're getting these messages every day before they turn into big things and then you can make those micro adjustments with diet with supplements with inputs before it becomes the health crisis right absolutely Oh, you've just been so wonderful, Jess. We'll have to do a, 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 a part two of this. I don't really want to make you get up early, so I'll have to work something out. <laughs> but um, I, I would love to go deeper into, yeah, the whole hormone piece of the, you know, maybe we pick one or two th- subjects that we go, okay, let's, let's not just sit down as two girlfriends and wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we can do Thanks that. Thanks, anyone, for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have an extra wow conversation just between ourselves over coffee and exogenous key tones um but i think you know you've got so much value and i love you know that you've shared your story um i would encourage everybody to go to can you, you give us all the places where we can find you jess so that people oh, can very find easy. You. my name's jess wilson my website is jesswilson.com and my socials are jess wilson nutrition so thank you yeah you know, that would be so golden you've got lots of um uh detox programs and ways to work with jess and one-on-one practitioner stuff certified in, in hormones and gut um and nutrition and yeah i'd really encourage people to check out what jess is doing because it's really really important stuff and i'm so glad to have found you and i'm going to be definitely learning uh more from you i think um yeah it's just really really gold i'm I'm grateful for damien to um hooking us up (laughs) so that was that was really kind of him um and yeah any last words that you'd like to share with people before we wrap it up um, look, I think so equally to you, I've been so excited to meet you. And I'm just, you know, I, I think when you've been through a journey and many people have, and you have a story and many people have, that bonds us, right? Yeah. It really bonds you. And so people should take a lot of, to take a lot of heart in that. Um, I'm just so impressed by what you're doing. Same thing. I look like, oh my God, Lisa's podcast. <laughs> oh no, no. I'm never going to do a podcast. No, not going to happen. My parting <laughs> words for people are really just that concept of responsibility versus blame, right? Get out of that backwards mindset of where you don't want to be. Get out of thinking that your diagnosis is your destiny, right? Get out of that mindset and start taking responsibility. You, you, we can't be too kind of woo-woo about it and go, oh, well, you know, I'll just believe that the universe will provide. I'm a big believer in the universe. Part of manifesting is action and part of that is taking responsibility. So get empowered, take back control because the one thing that you can control that no one can take away from you, no doctor, no practitioner, no family member is what you put in your body, right? That is up to you three times a day, every day. So use that opportunity and get empowered by it. Oh, Jess, wonderful. You're absolutely wonderful. And I look forward to having you on again very soon. Thanks, Lisa. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.